Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Have you always felt a little odd, a little different? The world is crying out for witches to heal and to rebuild. But do you hear its call and will you answer? This is a space for free thinking, where I give you tools to explore and build your craft. We all have a divine spark. Join me each week and grow that spark into a fiery beacon. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft, and I'll be bringing you a one-on-one guide to all things witchcraft and spirituality. This is The Major's Well. Hey, Majors. Welcome back to the show. So this episode is slightly different. It's The Major's Well's second birthday on the 15th of January. So I thought I'd do a slightly different episode this week and look into the astrological birth chart of the podcast. Now, I'm no expert of astrology. I thought I'd try to learn it and dip my toe in, but it wasn't for me. So I've invited my friend Cherry Lazar to read for me. Cherry, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Jerry, you're a little bit of a multidisciplinary artist. You bake, you design fabric, you do costumes, you read tarot, you do a bit of astrology. There's also floristry in there and the amazing artwork you produce. Did I miss anything? Um, no, I don't think so. Maybe a couple. I'm a good cat whisperer. But I think other than that, Perfect, other perfect. Than that, what a great yeah. combo. Great CV. Yeah, exactly. But other than that, no, I, I, I just get bored very easily. So I'm an Aries. That'll make sense later in the, in the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bear with, bear with. Yeah. Before we dive in, let's just do a little bit of a background. How did you get into astrology? So when I was a teenager, uh, I used to work in a bridal store at the weekends Uh, And this lady named Shirley would, uh, she kind of, it was her husband was the designer and she would run the shop. And I was about 15 and she was deeply, deeply into astrology. And so every single client that came in, she would always ask them what their sign was. And it kind of was the way that she would um, 
interpret the kind of bridal meetings was based off of whatever astrological sign the bride coming in was. I like it. Yeah, I used to think she's completely nuts. And then I sort of started to realize that there was a little bit of, uh, not necessarily truth, but I enjoyed the patterns that I was seeing and what she Mm. was saying. And, you know, when you had a Virgo bride come in, there was something about them that was always... Like a Godzilla bride, right? Yeah. Bridezillas, bridezillas. Not a Virgo bride is a bridezilla, but um, (laughs) that would be a Taurus bride. I think no offense to any Taurus out there. Just isolated (laughs) half of my listenership. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) If the numbers go down, you know why. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm blaming you. The birthdays are all late April, early May. Um, Yeah, so I just started to see patterns in what she was saying, and I think I found that really um, interesting. And then we fast-forwarded sob story but she passed away and I think that my way of becoming um closer to her post-mortem was to learn everything I could um about astrology and so I I'm I wouldn't say that I'm an expert I have a friendly level of interest and um yeah I just really like I like I I see it like a puzzle I love puzzles so (laughs) yeah I think when I came back from university, I I went to this yoga studio. It was a hot yoga studio and the yoga teacher was amazing. And she was really like out there and quite radical. And she had quite a good grasp on astrology. And you'd go into class and she'd be like, so today, you know, there was this alignment and you would have felt X, Y, Z. And she hit the nail on the head every time. And I found that quite amazing because prior to it, I wasn't really into it. And I was kind of like, it, it's just yeah. weird patterns, you know, but like, but like she hit the nail on the head and there's something about that. Like, oh, collectively, we're going to be feeling a bit drained today. Uh, for me, it made it less personal, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I think that for some people, the idea of like a birth chart defining them is quite upsetting. Whereas when yeah. you look at it more is like, oh, the stars are here, the planets are here right now today, they're going to affect everybody in this way, but maybe if you're this sign, it will affect you slightly differently, but sorry for yeah, the time, it's a different but blueprint it, it makes it more digestible for people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, shall we dive in? Are you Wait, ready? As well, I'm re- I, I was born ready. Born ready, I'm a little bit nervous. Why? Yeah. Don't be. <laughs> I don't know. Just, just yeah. Let's let's go for it. Let's see what's on the table. All right. Well, I'm gonna read your chart in uh, tropical astrology. Oh, good point. Uh, yes. We were talking about this before. How there are actually a few different branches of astrology. So I prefer to read sidereal astrology, but that's where the moon sign is of more importance, and uh, the sun is kind of less uh regarded with less importance um it takes a backseat um, yeah it takes a bit of backseat yeah. Yeah. better wording and so um i just prefer that because within sidereal astrology you're looking at where stars and planets were at the exact time of the reading whereas tropical astrology which is sort of what we know is what's your sign i'm a this or a that the western the western takes exactly right? yeah. it it's based off of seasonality so right now we're in Sagittarius season so even though the sun might actually still be in Scorpio this year um you're gonna be a Sagittarius even though technically you're a Scorpio so 
I just know that, um, you know, not every year the the sky is going to be in the same constellation at the same time. It's shifting yeah. always. And so that's where I find this idea of it being set in seasons is kind of, I feel like that's why there's so many people that are like, but I am an Aries, but I don't feel like an Aries. And it's like, well, you actually might not be. <laughs> so that's why. But then also... You've misplaced like, your identity. Exactly. Yeah, no, when people go from their tropical chart and then move into a sidereal chart, they a lot of people have such big identity crisis that they don't, that they just go back to tropical because... It completely too much changes to the dynamic. Um, so mm. I prefer sidereal, but I'm going to read your chart in tropical just because that's what most people we know. know and love. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. Okay. within tropical, um, your sun sign is the most important. So your sun is kind of going to be, I often explain this to people like the tree metaphor. So you're, yes, you're already looking at me very confused. Where what is happening? What's happening? <laughs> so you've probably heard people say the sun, the ascendant or the rising and the moon. So when we yeah. look at a tree, beautiful tree, I'm looking at my Christmas tree right now. It's very sparkling. So my Christmas tree's ascendant. Um, is Wait, this I'm is going to air in the middle of January. January. Just to let listeners know, oh, we're recording in December. It hasn't been Christmas yet. You, you're not a weirdo. You've not oh, left no. the tree up for like oh, no, a Terrible month. luck <laughs> after the 6th of January. I have a Catholic mother. I'd get a slap on the wrist if I still had my decorations up. <laughs> 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 so yes I, I interrupted those sorry oh no so back to the tree metaphor so oh, yes. your sun your ascendant and your moon so your ascendant is the look of the tree the decorations on my Christmas tree the kind of the shape of the tree <laughs> he's got his face in his hands right now <laughs> my lead podcast it. too so yeah your ascendant's gonna be your mask it's sort of the way that things look and the way that you present to the world. We get up closer to the tree and we see how the tree is made. That's your sun sign. So it's sort of your, your blueprint. And then if we cut mm -hmm. open the tree and we see what the sap is like inside or what the texture's like on the inside, that's your moon. So. Oh, I like so that analogy. I love that. Yeah. No, that was really well done. Yeah. I, I was skeptical at first, but no, you've won me over. I love it. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, so the so, sap is yeah. the internal world. The moon is the internal yeah, world. It is. Yeah. It's, it's the emotional core. And it's kind. Of, that's why I quite like the moon sign being the dominant one, because not everybody sees our moon sign. So everybody is going to interpret you. Oftentimes when I meet a person, because I'm better at like figuring out star signs now off the bat, I can kind of guess people's sun signs straight away. But oftentimes you'll guess people's ascendant sign first because it's the way that they it's appear the to you immediately. It's the veneer, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you're going to get that from people first, then the sun sign. Most of your friends will learn your like your character is your sun sign, but probably only your parents or your partner are going to learn your moon sign. It's really the side of ourselves that some people will never even see the moon sign. It really depends what it sits in because, you know, some people will have a Leo moon or a Sagittarius moon, which is very outgoing. And so the moon isn't going to be hiding itself. Whereas if you have, say, a Cancer or a Pisces or a Scorpio, like a water moon, you're going to be very yeah. internal and very emotional. And so 
you're not going to want people to see that emotionality in you, especially if you had a son that was in like a Taurus that's very strong and very stoic. So it it really depends on the... The The interplay. Exactly. It's quite beautiful in a way. Yeah, which is what I just love about astrology is that game of figuring out how things work with each other. Um, yeah, patterns um, and codes essentially. Exactly. I'm gonna read more than just your sun rising and moon if you want me to, but I think that Let's go because we're talking about an, an end, more of an entity rather than a a person on its own. Um, mm. it, it, I've never done this for a non-human. I've done it for animals before. <laughs> I've yes. never done this for like a non-human. Um, well, oh. yeah, I didn't know you could do um, birth charts for anything other than people, but you can do like countries, yeah. companies, like literally anything. Exactly. Like apparently America's yeah. birth chart is very interesting, shall we say. I've heard um, that. I've never looked at it properly, but I know there's astrologers on YouTube who their entire career is basically documenting where America goes next. <laughs> The, yeah. the the myriad of things you can do with astrology is really, really interesting. Yeah, the sky's the limit. Um, If we've got any astrologers listening, maybe they want to follow along. Let me just get up the birth time yes, you, you that we're going the, from. The announcing of your child's birth. <laughs> it's yours. When, <laughs> when, <laughs> when it was conceived. It was January 15th. 2020 at 12:26 a.m. London and we're using the tropical yes, system. Are. Right, wonderful. Okay, take us away. Where do you want to start? Well, I'll start with your son, which is in Capricorn. Ooh, at 24. I have to say I'm really disappointed it's not Scorpio. Like Well, then yeah. you should have started it during Scorpio season. I should have. Like, there's there's no reason for me to be surprised considering I started it in January. But still, like, I'm just like, oh. I also think it's given me insight. Like, if I ever have children, they're not Scorpio. I don't think I want them. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Can you do that? Like, nah, bye, kids. Oh, no, I've heard of people that plan their conception around knowing what, like, sort of sign that they should be giving birth to yeah there are people that do that i would i would never there's certain signs where i'm like oh that would be fun like with my cat i was very anal about ensuring it was a pisces it's like i don't care (laughs) (laughs) which makes me sound like everyone's switching the podcast off now (laughs) i love how it's like yeah astrology is a little bit of a hobby for mine but my cat must be a pisces Pisces, you know like perfect (laughs) there's certain levels So, yeah, my cat had to be a Pisces. Um, but anyway, Capricorn is a, it's a good sign for a podcast, though, because I think if you had a Scorpio, um, like the Scorpionic personality is all about secrets and being hidden. So if you're doing mm. something that you're trying to actually get out there for people to... Scorpio um, could be a hindrance, perhaps, maybe. We can kind of get on board with that. Scorpio is just amazing, though. Oh, Scorpio is just wonderful. I love a good Scorpio. <laughs> there are so many <laughs> fantastic points to Scorpio. Right? Like, oh, uh, we, we could just do a podcast on, we could on just that do an alone. entire episode talking about how exactly. wonderful Scorpios are. <laughs> wow, I love it. I love it. Okay, so we're dealing yeah. with a Capricorn sun. Back to are. business. And the sun is how so, we present it. It's how... No, that's the ascendant. So the, oh, the sun is going to be your personality structure. Okay, I'm with you. 
I'm with you. Okay. What we're going to be putting out as the Ascendant. So Capricorn, I think, is a really great like sun sign personality structure for mm-hmm. a podcast because... It's all about, like, Greta Thornburg is, I probably said her last name completely wrong there. Thornburg? Thornburg? Greta. Greta, okay. Greta. Greta. I think it's Greta Thornburg. Yeah. I think it is. Everyone knows who Greta is. I always feel like I say Thornberry, but that's from the Wild Thornberries. Do you remember that show (laughs) from the 90s? I do. I do. And I loved it. Eliza was the main character, wasn't she? Yeah, she can't speak to animals. I feel like they have similar energy. Anyway, um, (laughs) Greta, to me, is like your Capricorn of the month, like employee of the month Capricorn, because there's basically very, very wise energy in children. It's quite serious energy. Um, Like Capricorns are just born into this earth and are immediately like, I know what I have to do to get to my goal, and this is my goal, and nothing will uh, stop okay. me. Hit the ground running kind of Extremely. Vibe. They're earth signs, so they're very grounded. Um, they're usually, you know, uh, people that are bankers, lawyers, anything that to them deems success. So if a Capricorn's v- vision of success is going the capitalistic route you can bet that they're going to end up being the ceo whatever yeah. a capricorn views as being this is the peak of um this path like they're very career driven they're not they are yeah. very funny very emotional people but their main drive is always going to be how they can achieve and where they can get to and you can say on a social level in the world so Oftentimes, um, very young Capricorns are the ones with like very important jobs when they're very young or they've started putting their high school, you know, money that they're earning at their part time job into crypto already. Or okay. so Capricorns are quite advanced. Um, they've got it together. Exactly. Yeah. So anybody with a Capricorn sun, moon, or rising is probably going to be very driven and stuck to their goals which is quite unlike um like i'm an aries and aries energy is all about i'm just gonna try that and that looks like fun and maybe i'll go here and i don't know where i'm gonna end up but let's just see a capricorn would never ever be able to handle that because they need structure so if you're gonna put a capricorn exactly if you put a Capricorn with other signs, like in the chart, they can obviously become a lot more mellow. But like, if we're looking at Capricorn on pure, on it, just pure Capricorn energy on its own, it's very grounded, very driven, but it also will do whatever it takes, even if it's a little bit dirty to get to where it needs to end up. So your Capricorn is interesting as the sun sign at 24 degrees. So the degrees are sort of, the degrees start from zero and go through to 28. If I'm being really confusing for everybody, I am very sorry, but I did not invent the system. So... I think the Babylonians did. I think it's a Babylonian vibe, yeah. Blame the Babs. Blame the Babs. So at zero degrees, you're looking at very unevolved we talk about like an unevolved gemini 
and and, oh. and an evolved Gemini. And so it means that you've kind of gone through the cycle of the more immature traits and then entered into the more mature traits. So you're okay. right. So your degrees go from zero to twenty-eight. And whatever kind of if you're at zero, you're at unevolved energy. And then mm-hmm. if you're at twenty-eight, bordering like twenty-nine. Your master. Yeah. Exactly. So okay. your sun in Capricorn is at twenty-four degrees. Okay. Which means okay. somewhat it's quite it's quite evolved. The degrees sit in a different um sign. Your sign is sitting twenty-four degrees, which is a Pisces degree. So this is where it's gonna get really confusing. Yeah. So okay. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm my my eyes are looking at the ceiling, trying to just visualize the heavens. Okay. Yeah, cool. So we're looking at a Capricorn that's quite far evolved. So it's sitting at twenty four, which is which means it has Pisces energy. So from one through to twenty nine, they all have a different sign attached to them, and they all have a different oh, leaning. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you cycle through them once you've gone through the. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Kind of like planetary hours and planetary magic. Yes, I'm yes, very, very similar yes. vibe. Very, very similar. Okay. Vibe. So you're okay. sitting. You're gonna be a Pisces angled Capricorn. So you're manifesting your Capricorn energy through a Pisces lens. So, yeah, okay. so Pisces. This is where for me I'm like, oh shit. Pi- I don't, can I swear? Oh, no. Is that a naughty word? Well, we just have. We just have. Carry on. Okay, carry on. Love it. I might beep you out. Will I be I invited back? <laughs> no, absolutely not. So, <laughs> One mark and you're out. No. So, really, okay, I'm about to blow everyone's minds here. Unless they know astrology and then they're already like, move on, hurry up, lady. So, your Capricorn energy through a Pisces lens. Pisces is a sign that's all about illusions, magic, the mystical arts. Oh, arts. wow. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Right? So rather than your Capricorn being like, I want to be a banker, your Capricorn's like, I want to be a master of the mystical arts. Like, what is Absolutely, baby. That? Which I think Absolutely. is really cool and really, yeah. really interesting. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great one, right? And then it sits in this thing. So all of your signs as well, just to get another layer of complexity, they all sit in these called houses. So yes, so there's twelve houses. Each one again represents a different type of energy. Your sun sits in the ninth house, which also makes so much sense. So the ninth house is all about um, exploration. It's kind of classically related to religious quests and like looking for answers outside of what we oh are kind God, of already know. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So if you're born into a certain structure, um, it could be about growing up and question. If you have a ninth house son, you could be growing up in maybe a very religious um, situation and you could be the person that thinks, oh, but maybe there's another way of doing this. We could look outside of um, Mm. this binary that we've been taught forever. Like ninth house energy, I think is quite relevant at the moment. It's sort of this breaking down of Of societal norm effectively and figuring out new ways of looking at things. And so, yeah, you have this Pisces angle of a Capricorn that sits in this house that really wants to break down, re- like everything. Re- like, yeah, everything. But yeah, really, like this religious focus in two Love ways, it. which is so interesting. 
Um, so I guess if anybody is really interested in delving more into these things, they can look at like the ninth house or um, the different degrees in astrology. Yeah, so where just, where it all uh, lies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, oh, I love like, that. Right. Of, I love that. I love the religious quest aspect. I'm definitely going to put that on my LinkedIn on a religious quest. Like, I it love is it. interesting. Absolutely isn't it? love it. Yeah. 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 Wow. So also, okay. Also, something which will, I think, it comes up. Uh, in your moon but I'm just going to talk about it now because maybe this will show up in somebody else's chart so mm-hmm. the often where our degrees lie in the sun they're supposed to be like karmic gifts from our father and our moon sign degrees are well <laughs> you're the father of your podcast so oh yeah 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 I'm the father not chart. not my father like <laughs> Long time listeners will know he was not the best man. I've mentioned it in passing. Um, he was a great father figure on how not to be a father. Well, those kind um, of so that was his gift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We shall see. I need to look at the degrees in your chart. Actually, I think I did already, but I can't remember what it was a while ago. Um, yeah, toxic um, father written all in the heavens. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't have degrees. It just says that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Skip. Yeah. Loads of red flags, loads of them just scattered about, like, stay away. Love it. So, yeah, any, uh, your sun degree is going to be gift, karmic gifts from the father, and your moon sign, your degrees are gifts from the mother. But because you created your podcast, I am interpreting your energy as more of like the parent energy on both sun and moon. Yeah, maybe like my masculine and feminine side. Exactly. Um, the the degrees and the the parental gifts comes in with your moon. So I'm gonna or or the mages Wells moon. So that's why I'm gonna bring okay. it up now. Okay. Um, but also just if people are reading along with or looking at their own charts, it's maybe just a fun little. Um, when I saw what mine were in my chart, I was kind of blown away. So, should we get into the mages Wells ascendant? Let's go for it. It's the same Let's as yours. It. It's in Gemini. A cheeky gem. <laughs> Look at that. Except your gem and the Major's Wells gem is quite different because the Major's Wells sits at zero degrees. Uh, whereas so it's uh, not mature. It's, it's not mature. Whereas yours okay. is, I think, from memory, in quite a late degree. Quite ancient. I feel that most yeah, days. Yeah, quite an ancient Gemini. <laughs> I feel that it resonates deeply. <laughs> For me, you don't have so much of, because I think Geminis classically are known for having this very, um, people call it two-faced energy. I don't see it that way. I think it's more um, multiple interests and multiple selves and that they allow themselves to be all of these different people, whereas most of us feel this kind of societal pressure that, oh, we have to exist as this one self, or we don't even need to be multiple people. Like, for me, I have lots of different friend groups, but I'm always the same with every single one of them because I don't really feel the need to exist as, but also my chart is very like stuck on like being one entity. Can absolutely relate to that, like wearing different masks. Yeah. Um, I'll be something to one person. I'll be something completely different to another person. And like, these groups of people will know that about me, but these groups of people won't know that, but they'll know something that the other group didn't like. I'm very, it's very bizarre. Um, but they're all authentic actually, selves. 
Yeah, like it doesn't feel like roles that I'm playing. It's just yeah. different sides of my personality that different people bring out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but that's where I think that a lot of people, I think a lot of people are looking for, I, I think, how do I word this nicely? People turn to astrology either to learn more about themselves or to identify the faults in others that they don't necessarily um, oh um, wow i love that yeah <laughs> and, take aim and, and fire <laughs> <laughs> right but yeah i, I guess that. i guess it's a way to shirk responsibility exactly i think which you can use a lot of different things to do that i think well, that's quite a common thing within spirituality as well yes like it's yes. not me it's the world and it's just like mm, it's a little bit of both usually you know like Get a bit of balance in there, but yeah, that's what can, I can see how that could be a little bit of a shield. Well, that's it, and I think as well, like a lot of people become really obsessed with this. I get so many messages from from friends. My brother sends me messages all the time about this. He'll meet a new girl and he'll be like, "Her sign is this. Is this compatible with me?" And I'm like, "Compatibility, astrological compatibility. Like, yeah, okay, it exists, but you can't be like." You're a this son and they're a that son. It's not going to work because you have yeah, to it's, look. It's, it's too to nuanced. Look. You have to look at every single sign in their chart That's and that. every degree and every single house and and then you can kind of create a picture. But nobody's nobody's ever going to be per- like a perfect astrological exactly. match. Exactly, it doesn't exist. No, but also it's like I think we're looking for. Um, oh they're good Aries or they're bad Aries or all Aries are bad and it's just like no there's good traits to all signs and bad traits to all signs in the same way that there's good and bad things to all within all every person on earth and I think the narrowing it down to being like oh this sign is just you know bad what because I get asked a lot as well what sign do you like the most or the least and I'm like I like them all the same I just have some that I know work with my energy better but they've all got great things about them there's all things that I wish that I had in me from every sign (laughs) like they could pick them like a jelly bean it's it's broad brush strokes isn't it it's just like like it doesn't doesn't work with that like yeah it's like you know if you're baking a cake you need lots of different ingredients you can't if you're all one side, just put flour and water together and hope for the best. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you get bread at least. <laughs> so you get something. But I get, I do get really scared when, and I have seen them before charts where somebody is so heavy in one sign. Um, I knew a girl once who she was like the most Scorpio person I've ever met. I think her son, her oh, like Bjork as well, the singer. She's very, oh, she's like Scorpio, Sun, Moon, Rising, Mercury. Oh Mercury. wow! And I I do get a bit afraid when I see a person that is so dominant in one sign because yeah. I think you I mean obviously not everybody's going to have a bit of a salt and pepper kind of mixture in there, but yeah, I, I, it, it, when one energy is so dominant, I think it could be quite um, overwhelming. Unbalancing. Yeah. yeah. That must be quite rare for having all things in like one. Yeah, Yeah. and even then you're still because within a chart you have signs that are going to be like constantly, constantly moving. Whether the sun changes every few months, the moon every whatever month, 
I don't, just don't quote me on this. I'm not, not a, I'm not a scientist. Um, but then, <laughs> I'm not an astronomer, that's the word. Um, but then some planets, I think Venus stays there for, I think it's about two years, but I think it shifts every three months, astrologically speaking. Please nobody quote me on this because this is the part that I'm not. People are going to cancel you. They are. I'm not a master at this side of it. Um, but these things kind of move at different paces. And so within our kind of our base chart, we all have things that should in theory not be able to fall into the same signs. Um, sometimes it happens. Because they're so slow um, moving. Because they're so slow moving. But it, it, it does occasionally happen. But even a person that has that, there are generational signs. So as you go further down your chart, you'll have Saturn and Jupiter and Pluto. And, and Pluto. Pluto is like two... Oh, wait. It's like two generations. Yeah, Pluto moves quite slowly. It's like 200 years or something. Yeah. Think, to make yeah. a full so circuit. So there are... You're there never going to get a chart that is 100% all one sign because you have these generational planets that move at a much uh, different, slower pace. So where was I? Your ascendant in Gemini at zero degrees, unevolved, unevolved Gemini energy, which can still be really, really fun because it's it's the kind of the childlike, the like raw Gemini energy rather than this very deeply intellectualized Gemini energy, which I think if you are a Capricorn is really nice to have because it makes it approachable and understandable. Uh, relatable to more people because mm. if you have something that's the aim yeah <laughs> if you have something that is so strongly capricorn it's very intellectualized and that can come across as quite cold and i think if you have this kind of jovial gemini energy skipping in um mm. it's it's fun and it balances yeah. that out um but also i kind of like looking at it a, a wee bit from the perspective that um, this is your first podcast and it, it's sort of the way that you're learning as you're going with making it. Absolutely. And so I like Absolutely. that zero degrees being, this is sort of the beginning and we see trial and error. Exactly. We see where yeah. we go from okay. this. So the moon sign, are we ready to get into the moon? <laughs> mm, the emotions in the inner world of the podcast. Yes. Okay, let's yes. go. Let's go. How does the podcast feel at, mi- at midnight when it's alone? <laughs> <laughs> what? Who does? Who does the mage as well think of before it goes to sleep at night? That's, that's the moon of it all. Spotify. <laughs> so the mage as well has a Virgo moon uh, at twenty-eight degrees in the fifth house. Another mature one. Yes, another mature one. Except it's in the fifth house, but we'll get there. It's okay, a bit, it's a bit slutty, sorry. the fifth house, but I quite like that. It's a bit what? A bit slutty. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. it's sort of knowing. Oftentimes, if people, um, uh, like, I'm very pro this, if you're using protection, uh, just so everyone says so we're all clear. Um, what is happening? Uh, what's what's happening with my podcast? No, yeah, well, so, yeah. First episode of yours I did listen to was Sex Magic. So Hey, yeah. there we go. That was a good one to start with. Great love choice. It. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. <laughs> Solid. So um the fifth house is kind of known. Oh, I'm just we're completely skipping Virgo right now, but we're gonna we're gonna circle back around. If people Perfect. are like <laughs> sleeping around a lot, or those people that 
really struggle to commit because they kind of just want to taste a little bit of everything, they will often oh find that like their Venus sits in the fifth house. Often oh. if you see it in like your moon, it's not going to sh- kind of manifest in that way. But if you have a fifth house Venus, very often the, the people with that, um, sometimes it can, if it's in an, like an unevolved degree or is kind of misplaced in the chart, which I can talk about that later. These things can happen. Um, it, it can kind of turn into nymphomania and all sorts of things like that. But the, Ooh, yeah, but the fifth house is really known for um, it's creativity, theatrics, but also sex and pleasure. Wow. Okay, and that's where my moon. That's where the podcast, podcast moon sits. Moon yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But what? So- it kind of resonated a little bit when you said there's a fear to commit and it flits about because I get really bored with the topics. So I change the topic each week. You know, there's blood magic and then there's like, I don't know, say a sacred sign and then there's a plant here. And like, it's all wild each week. And I love that. It keeps me interested. So I wonder if it's in relation to so that a little bit. It definitely can be well as being kind of these somewhat promiscuous people whether that's with ideas or with you know other humans ideally people. other podcasts potentially if you're if you're a podcast <laughs> whatever you're okay. into um <laughs> as well as that it can create a very um artistic person um but also this idea of the inner child is really related to the fifth house it's a very positive house. Um, I mean, mentality, um, not kind of like a well done, you got a fifth house positive, but more um, kind of it creates that that jovial outlook that you also have with your Gemini ascendant. So, okay, cute. so which I think is really nice. Um, it is known as being quite obsessive and perfectionist, which also the yeah. fact that it sits in Virgo already Um it's kind of nice it's double whammy. There's a lot of perfectionism. Like there's a lot, and it's a Capricorn yeah. Sun. If this was a yeah. human, they would honestly be obsessed with perfectionism. Oftentimes, um, if people have a fifth house Sun or Moon, you get the type of person that like either is a trophy wife or kind of wants to achieve these kind of these symbols of um, status. Uh, yes. Exactly. Yeah, it's like. quite interesting. Um, so yeah, it's this real idea of the search for perfection. Um, but from the seat of a childlike sense of wonder, I know that does not make a lot of sense at all. But it's kind of like, you know, the kid whose parents really wants them to do well at maths. And so they get them the tutors and everything. And then yeah. the child like has to get the A star otherwise. Yeah, yeah, there's no choice. There's no choice in the matter. Yeah, perfect. Exactly. But they can still look at it with a sense of humor. I don't know if that, does that child exist? I kind of had that, but then they put me I in think... the maths class for idiots. So it didn't really go down so well. <laughs> it makes sense it makes sense it sounds like it's a good balance of energy it is yeah 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 there's the seriousness yeah, yeah. marked with this childlike energy and it's kind of yeah it makes sense it makes sense yeah i like a good i like the fifth house quite a lot um yeah i'm quite interested yeah. where my personal chart lies with the fifth house i'm a little bit nervous and a little bit like oh, i think i would have picked up on it if you had it 
Yeah, you would have definitely ripped me a little bit oh, about I, it. I, yeah, I, absolutely. I usually do if people love it, depending where it is. Like if I know a person well enough, I don't obviously like. You can see in the chart. You 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 can actually see in the chart not how somebody will die, but under sort of what circumstances the death will occur. So I know that I'm going to, it'll be something to do with poisoning or drowning or something like that, um, Ooh, which doesn't scare wow. me. Wow, this is taken such a dog. So it doesn't, it doesn't make me fearful. It can be yeah. like yeah. an anesthesia gone wrong or an operation gone wrong, something like that. Um, and a friend of mine, I was, <laughs> I was reading their chart and um, I got to this point and I could see there was something in her chart that meant that her death was going to be qu- become quite well known. And, um, and I kind of, for me, I don't really, death is a subject that I'm very open with. I don't mind talking about it. I kind of enjoy in a weird way talking about it. Um, not in a sick way, but in a, you know, just. (laughs) Yeah. Like I think, yeah, I'm interested around death. I think there's so much stigma around it. And as a society, we've so sanitized it. That's it. I just don't. I just don't think it's healthy how we relate to death anymore, you know? I don't either. And so that's where, for me, it was. It feels like a very normal subject. And if I see these things in people's charts, you know, I kind of want to bring them up. And I and I kind of realized after that, like, oh, crap, I did actually go over a line. I should have asked before I launched into it. But I'd own, the only other person I'd seen that in a chart of was my brother. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to die in a horrific way. It can just mean that maybe when they pass, they're going to be really remembered or celebrated or there's going to yeah. be, and a, it can literally be as simple as there Anything. will be a big newspaper article about it or it will have yeah. something to do with something else. So it doesn't necessarily denote a hor- like a horrific murder or something, but I think that's immediately yeah, where like people's minds that. go to. Yeah, that they're going to yeah. pass in some way that's so horrific that it must become a fable. Yeah, um, yeah. like um, the fact that pain equals glory kind of yes, vibe. exactly. Yeah. And that what that's not necessarily what it means. You can kind of figure out a little bit what it is by looking at the other signs, but of course I didn't kind of want to tell her what I saw there um but yeah that sort of taught me to keep my mouth shut a bit that experience to not um not just immediately launch into telling people how they're going to die um (laughs) via their birth chart (laughs) happy days happy days (laughs) happy birthday mage as well exactly I haven't looked to see about the mage as well um goes up in flames (laughs) goes up in absolute flame exactly with the, the satellite the podcast satellite gets hit by an <laughs> spotify goes down and that's it <laughs> boom <laughs> yeah. literally puff of smoke <laughs> so virgo um virgo is an earth sign a lot of people kind of say there's two different types of virgos um there's the perfectionist very organized um I don't think workaholic, but a lot of people will say workaholic Virgos. And then there's these Virgos that just are party, hard, absolute, kind of let loose, wild child types. Um, I think that that can obviously manifest in any sign, depending on uh, the mixture. But there's certainly something with Virgos where it's this very prominent two that 
that sits there. Oftentimes, though, with all Virgos, like to me, Hannibal Lecter is kind of the perfect Virgo. Um, that's very meticulous, very organized, very intelligent. You can usually tell if somebody, like I picked up that you were Virgo dominant, even though it doesn't really sit anywhere in your chart. You've got lots of Virgo houses and Virgo degrees. And I I remember when we'd kind of first met for a little while, I kept thinking this this guy has so much friggin' Virgo in his chart. And then I looked at your chart and and you didn't really have any Virgo. And I thought, well, that's a bit weird. And then I looked deeper and saw that actually you really virgo dominant it's just it's it's just littered everywhere (laughs) you're covered in virgo and so So virgos are fun and wild child perfect (laughs) exactly but virgos are very meticulous and to me it's just clean if i go into a person's house and they have lots of virgo placements it's Spotless, like you can usually still smell the ammonia from them cleaning. It's just immaculate. Um, And they also really like plants a lot. Any earth sign, so your Taurus, your Capricorn, and your Virgo are going to be very, very linked. They're your friends that have hundreds of pot plants in their natural world kind of vibes. Herbs, I'm guessing, like into herbs and diet. Each one of the earth signs kind of has a different. relationship i think with these things so to me virgo is more of the the house plant um the house plant person uh so could taurus because taurus is related to the home um but Mm. virgo likes this idea of health and cleanliness they're very obsessed with exercising green juices they're like you they have dandelion coffee in the morning absolutely Um, i can so relate to this i'm smiling like yeah as i as i'm hitting the button on my nespresso machine in the morning all the toxic (laughs) chemicals i'm on my sixth green tea of the day yeah (laughs) no like growing up as a child i was freakily obsessed like it was next level yeah like i think my my grandparents died quite young uh, and when I was young, and I think that had a huge impact on me. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to die. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to eat all these good foods. I'm going to live forever. And I do think, like, I'm vegan now. And I do think that's definitely led me down the path. Because, yeah, it just, yeah. And I, I was obsessed with herbs and really weird child. Like, honestly, at 12, I was, like, obsessed with, like, all these different like antioxidants and I knew the science behind them and I know about I goji berries. Like, goji berries, yeah. Love a good goji. Love um, goji. <laughs> I remember <laughs> quote. I remember I was doing yoga from a really young age and like the lads in my class found out and like at that point like men didn't do yoga. You know, it was like, yeah. what are you doing doing yoga? Because it was all like whenever you saw yoga it was like the woman sat down with the chakra system that was how you (laughs) literally that's how it was portrayed so all of a sudden you have 13 year old gangly me doing yoga and everyone was like what are you doing like why are you so weird and all this so that makes sense with the virgo placements like obsessed with health and nutrition like obsessed like i wanted to do juice cleansers when i was like 14 and 15 yeah like people weren't yeah wow at 14 or 15 yeah. i was still dressing like yoda from star wars and eating pizza most nights if i could that is such a visual i love it um 
very odd child, as as you uh, as you can pick up. Um, but that makes a lot of sense. The Virgo stuff, actually, it really does. Like, yeah, yeah, they're just uh, absolutely. Just, to me, it is. It's just this really health health conscious and kind of seeing ourselves as natural organisms. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, I'm Aquarius Moon. And I kind of look at us as like, this sounds really strange, but biological technology, because Aquarius is so focused on technology in the future and um, kind of the great, not necessarily the greater good, but society as a whole. And so Mm, the bigger picture. Exactly. I kind of never related my body to being like, oh, if I put these good things in it, uh, it's going to help, you know, do this and make my body feel better. I kind of am like, oh, so I'm a robot and the things that I need to kind of fuel the machine are this, 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 and this. And if I can put this much iron in me and this much uh, potassium and this much whatever, then the robot will function. Um, Like it almost to me has always felt like my mind is sitting outside of my body and they're two very, very different. And so to me, that kind of idea of using... um, health is something that I've kind of really only had to learn as an adult because I never re- I always just sort of looked at my body and was like oh well if I give it you know what it needs like my cat needs this food and this food if I do the same thing with me even though I love food but I kind of always looked at my health per se as being a formula that I needed to complete in order for this piece of biotech that I was given to be happy yeah to function and then we can kind of move on and get on back to thinking about things yeah interesting way of looking at it okay wow very different like similar but very different like wow okay yeah so each so so virgos are all about the health yes so healthy so earthy just present and it's also kind of considered the ver it's symbolized by the virgin so it's supposed to be very yes. pure very clean haha yeah. um but um, also um because i did i look I, in the podcast i look at different episodes of the zodiac yes. and the myths behind them so they think that the virgin virgin technically had nothing to do with someone's sexual purity it was about independence the female was a virgin meaning that she wasn't married um so i also wonder if there's an element of independence that makes so much sense because i think that a virgo woman uh or a virgo person a virgo person in general is just never going to be sitting there waiting for somebody else to get things done for them it's very much the person that will ensure that they have their own finances, their own nest egg, their own roof over their head. They're no, never going to be reliant on another to provide for them. They want to become providers. They're the maternal energy of the Zodiac, um, other mm. than maybe Cancer and Taurus has a little bit of Cancer very much has that in them. But Virgo mm. is the mother. The yeah, yeah, the ma- the matron. Mm. <laughs> and so uh. she wants to provide, but in order to provide, she needs to be full for herself yeah her cup has to be full before she can give it to others yeah interesting okay whereas that doesn't really show up in many other signs um there's obviously a lot of signs that are very independent like aries is very independent but and the thing is they don't really want help but they're also it's also very it's the child of the zodiac it's very um 
immature no offense to me and my brethren but um, (laughs) but if an Aries is sort of offered help we might say oh no we don't want that but actually yeah because we're yeah. the reality is different yeah okay. taken care of and so we'll fight tooth and nail about how we don't want that to happen but when a push comes to shove you know it's it's a child so it has to, it wants to be treated like one <laughs> whereas a virgo would never we just wouldn't put up with that and obviously not aries every aries is going to be the same but yeah generally um, speaking broad brush without all the other houses signs angles degrees stelliums whatever you call it combinations that might make someone that's an aries not feel that way so if you're an aries listening to this you're thinking what is she on about it's because you have other things in your chart. That are yeah, yeah. You're, you're more balanced, or like you're more. You've got different placements that bring out a different shade. Yeah. So I actually had to cut this file into two just because it was too big to upload. So join Cherry and I in part two, where we finish our talk on astrology and the birth chart of the mage as well. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 